Good morning. Today is Wednesday, April 20th, 2022. What I'd like to share with you this morning is based on an essay written by Zach Truboff. And the essay is based on another essay by Aviva Zornberg. And the question that Zach begins asking, which is a question we have discussed before, it's a question that comes up all the time. We're about to come to the second Yom Tov of Pesach. Outside of Israel, Friday is the seventh day and Saturday Shabbos is the eighth day. And on the eighth day, outside of Israel, we recite Yizkar. Yizkar is a prayer that is said in memory of those who have passed away. And the question is that on each of the three festivals, Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkos, we recite Yizkar on the last day. And it's very incongruous because on Yom Tov, we are not allowed to have any forms of mourning. In fact, Yom Tov interrupts any type of mourning or sadness. So how is it that we have as part of the service on the last day of Pesach and the other days, how is it that we have this, this portion of the service that is dedicated to remembering our loss and our pain? Yes, of course, for some of us, that loss and pain is muted over time or the circumstances, but for all of us who say Yizkar, there is loss. For some of us, more pain, acute pain than others. Why in the world would we put ourselves through this on Yom Tov, which is a day that is given to celebration and uh, on which any kind of mourning and sadness is prohibited? We have a mitzvah of Simchas Yom Tov, of rejoicing on Yom Tov. Isn't Yizkar the opposite? So, there are a number of different answers to this question. I have shared several answers with you in the past, but this is another answer that is suggested by Zach Truboff, and it is as follows. The reason that we say Yizkar on Yom Tov is to recognize that true joy must always live side by side with loss. No matter how joyful we may be on Yom Tov, we cannot erase the pain that we have, the loss that we feel. And attempting to do that, attempting that kind of emotional erasure, as if everything is perfect and everything is fine, is just self-deception. Authentic joy requires us to acknowledge the imperfection of that joy, the incompleteness of that joy. That's the only way it is authentic. And Truboff bases this answer on a fascinating essay by Aviva Zornberg concerning our celebration of the seventh day of Pesach, coming this Friday. That's the anniversary of the miracle of the splitting of the Red... Excuse me. <clears throat> excuse me. The splitting of the Red Sea and the passing of the Jewish people through it and the water coming back on top of the 
the Egyptian soldiers who were chasing the Jewish people, and the Jewish people, when they were redeemed, when they saw that their enemies had been defeated and they were finally free, no one is chasing after them anymore. They sing this glorious song, Az Yashir Moshe Vene Yisrael. Then Moshe and the Jewish people sang this beautiful song, this song of praise. That the, the standard way that we understand this narrative and that we understand this holiday is that it is an expression of unambiguous joy, complete, unadulterated joy. Because remember, the Jewish people had left Egypt, and then a few days later, Paro decided to send his army after them, and they were cornered between the army and the sea. Hope appeared lost. And they faced these dark waters in front of them and Paro's army behind them. And then God miraculously split the sea. They walked through on dry land. The Egyptian army pursued them, but they perished as the waters came back on top of them. And therefore, with this event, after hundreds of years of slavery, the Jewish people finally witness the vanquishing of their oppressors. I discussed this yesterday. And at that moment, all of their pain and all of their suffering was washed away by the waters of the Red Sea. Vayar Yisrael es hayod hagdola and the Jewish people saw the mighty hand of God with what God had done against the Egyptians, and the people were in awe of God, and they believed in God, and in Moshe, God's servant. This glorious song of Az Yashir, which of course we incorporate into our daily prayers, is sung with pure faith and joy. Now, this understanding is beautiful and it's appealing because we all yearn for those moments. We all yearn for the time when we can finally let go of all of our pain and embrace only good. That's the standard interpretation. But Aviva Zornberg quotes another approach, another way to understand this narrative. It's a challenging way to understand it but it matches the difficult reality that we often live through. And it is an understanding that's based on the commentary of one of the great Torah commentators, Rabbi Baruch Halevi Epstein, who wrote a commentary called Torah Tamima. And he says as follows, the Jewish people did not sing this song of exaltation and praise, Az Yashir, after they emerged victorious from the Red Sea. In fact, they sang this song 
while they were still marching through the sea that had split, while they were still being pursued by Paro's army. And Aviva Zornberg points out that according to this reading, the song Az Yashir is not just a song of pure joy and triumph, it is in fact a song that is fraught with tension. The Jewish people have to sing this song in full view of their oppressors who are chasing after them. And at the moment that they sing it, they have no clarity that in fact they will succeed in escaping Paro's army chasing after them. They sing this song at a moment when their future is uncertain, wondering if indeed they will make it to the other side. They will make it to freedom. The song does not deny their pain. Rather, they have to find the strength to sing while still bearing the psychological wounds of slavery, while still fearing for their future. Az Yashir, this song that we celebrate on the seventh day of Pesach, embodies a complex reality of joy and pain living side by side. And until the final redemption takes place, sometime in the future, may it come soon, but it's not here yet, joy and pain coexist. That was true for the Jewish people at the Red Sea. And it is certainly true for every one of us. Yom Tov, festivals, days of rejoicing. Yes, we rejoice. But we carry our losses with us. When we recite Yizkar, again, each one of us in our own way, depending on our own situation, there is a part of our soul that feels pain and loss. But here's the point. It doesn't prevent us from singing. Because if we can recognize on the seventh day that the Jewish people sang this magnificent song of triumph and praise while they were still marching through the sea, then we can recognize a very important truth when we come to say Yizkar. And that is that there are times that we sing not as a result of our joy, but rather as a lifeline that prevents us from drowning in sorrow. Zornberg writes, Music arises from joy, but the power of true singing comes from sadness. In every nigun, 
which is the word for, the Yiddish word for atun. It's actually, it's a Hebrew word. It's become to be understood as a Yiddish word. A, a, a tune, a melody. There's the tension between the struggle between life and death, between joy and sorrow, between falling and rising. The thin line of melody selects for goodness and beauty, but it is given gravity by melancholy. And that's what Zach says is the reason for reciting Yizkar on the last day of Pesach, in order to acknowledge that our pain must have a seat at the table with our joy. Because to deny either is to miss the lesson of the splitting of the Red Sea and the magnificent, though complex, song of Az Yashir. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.